Hello and welcome to the Stable Reports podcast. Stable Report is a new site dedicated to curating the best resources related to stablecoin projects. We celebrate the development of stablecoins and see them as a stepping stone to mainstream adoption of cryptocurrencies for daily use in transactions. If you'd like to get acquainted with what stablecoins are, visit our website or follow us on Twitter at Stable Report and let us know what you think. As always, if you see we're missing something, please contact us. Without further ado, I am glad to introduce our guest today, Ranjit Sodhi, co-founder and CEO of Vault, a centralized stablecoin that is pegged to the dollar, but backed by and redeemable for gold stored in Swiss vaults, and is backed by a comprehensive gold vaulting and purchasing process with a fully compliant, audited, and transparent verification and ledger system. Thank you so much for joining us today, Ranjit. Thanks for having me. So my first question is always, what got you into crypto and what inspired you to create a stablecoin? Um, I got into crypto as most other people, just purely as an investor. Um, started in crypto. My very first investment was quite late compared to some of my peers and my friends. In fact, uh, some people in my family started in 2013 with Bitcoin. I was late to that party, but uh, started off as an investor and very quickly realized it was be- I'm from New York. Uh, and in New York and Manhattan. So as you probably are aware, most New Yorkers can't trade cryptos without going through Coinbase. There's literally no way of doing a on-ramp into crypto other than Coinbase. And starting with Coinbase was uh, when I realized uh, this is extremely frustrating. I can't move large amounts of money into crypto when I want to. I was unable to take advantage of some of the early moves that were happening uh, in crypto, but luckily lucked out with Ethereum. The timing was just right. <laughs> but again, uh, it took, that was the genesis of why I got into crypto purely as an investor. Uh, we've got friends and family that are involved. I'm Indian origin. Uh, Indians are heavily, as you probably know, besides Chinese, Indians are the largest uh, community of um, retail gold purchasers. India is consuming, is, is one of the largest consumers of gold worldwide as a country. And, uh, I have family in the gold business and we started exploring early on um, the avenues and uh, thought processes around gold and crypto because both of them are parallel economies as we see it, as I see it personally. Uh, People that are buying cryptos uh, for the reason of um, philosophical reasons of wanting to be outside of the banking system are also the people buying gold, right? Largely speaking, there's a huge overlap and um, early on, it became obvious to us that getting into crypto straight landing into a Bitcoin or Ethereum position from fiat is not a tenable long-term solution. Bitcoin and Ethereum are extremely volatile. Um, Now you can land into a few others, but back in uh, 2016, 2017, all you could do was take your fiat and convert it directly into Bitcoin or directly into Ethereum, nothing else. And both of them being extremely volatile, you could, one day be transferring $100,000 in and be left with $90,000 worth of Bitcoin or vice versa or $110,000. Upside is always great, but downside's not. Right? So stablecoin uh, thought processes started around then, but realistically the first time we came up with this idea between me and some of my friends and um, family members was around uh, the Bitcoin bubble bursting right around Jan 2018. And I was like, okay, I wish I had a stable coin to park my money in other than Tether. Why would I be in a position of parking as in semi, 
avail or as an institutional investor be parking tens or hundreds of millions of dollars, not me personally, but I'm talking about individuals in that category, on a coin that has uh, massive accountability issues. And Tether may be a very usable item as a short-term trading um, uh, stopgap. If I wanted to just park my funds temporarily for a, a half a day or a day, I could consider Tether, but even that is risky for an institutional investor. Um, it's incredibly risky for a long-term holder, right? So that's when the idea came about of launching a stablecoin that's reliable. And obviously gold being the most reliable uh, metal out there, you definitely want to keep it in gold. It's so, interesting. So. I think that um, the potential risk of uh, tether implosion is what's gotten uh, many stablecoin projects to take off this year. Correct. Um, I'm interested. Yep. Um, can you share some of your research on the upstart costs to create and manage um, these gold-backed um, assets? We at Vault are extremely fortunate. We are partnered with a company called Sun Valley Investments. They are the primary investors uh, for Vault, and uh, they are one of the largest players in the gold industry. Um, they're vertically integrated. It's a private equity firm in, out of the U.S., but they're vertically integrated in their gold holdings and operations. So they've got gold mines, gold refineries, gold trading operations all over South America. And they're one of the largest uh, single players um, in the gold industry. Um, they, they have um, a pretty significant portion of India's gold imports uh, under their control, right? So they're responsible for a massive amount of gold imports. The reason I bring that up is we, being partnered with them, have the ability to buy gold at bid-off spreads that almost no uh, institutional player has access to. So uh, for us, the cost um, of acquisition of gold bullion, specifically uh, LBMA quality gold bullion, is lower than that even of some investment banks. And uh, that's what we are leveraging for uh, on the cost side. Uh, when we are buying gold, we are passing that benefit on to our consumers. That's perfect. Are they an investor? They are our primary investor. Right. Yeah, so yes. they, they have this gold sitting there and it's, it's perfect. That's, that's wonderful. They have uh, the gold operations that we are leveraging potentially, but they are also our primary investors. So they invested in our seed round. And obviously, as an investor, they're incented to make sure that we succeed. And we are leveraging them, but they're not the only suppliers of gold for us. Walt will be buying gold from other players as well. But what it gives us is industry-level access to gold acquisition. So we, uh, gold, especially um, for people that don't recognize the industry, it's very incestuous. So if you are in the gold industry, you can get deals uh, that you won't be able to access if you're not necessarily a gold industry player as a gold miner or a refiner. So that's basically the benefit of uh, our value proposition and why uh, we feel like our cost structure is beneficial in that sense. I that's think. interesting. So it's not like all the gold will be sitting in one vault, but in multiple. Um, will, the, will the location of these vaults be public knowledge? or? Uh, we are partnered with Brinks, and we are potentially also going to be using Loomis. Now, Brinks, Loomis, CIBC, and a few other banks are the largest vaults on the planet. Uh, we're going to be leveraging Brinks initially to vault our gold in Switzerland, and uh, their vaults are published on their website. So we won't be telling anybody which specific vault the gold is in. 
but uh, they're going to be on Brinks Waltz in Switzerland. How often do you expect to conduct audits to provide transparency? A monthly audits. In fact, we are in conversations, advanced level conversations with a few different top tier audit firms right now. Walt is not taking any customer funds. Walt as a company issues the tokens, but we work in a legal structure that would be attractive to institutional investors and other players, whereby institutions actually or individuals give their money to fiduciaries, licensed fiduciaries that have uh, appropriate licenses from the various regulatory bodies that they operate in. So in our example, we are leveraging a Nevada-based fiduciary. The fiduciary takes the customer funds, put them in a trust in a trust structure, and then the trust goes and purchases gold on behalf of the individuals. The gold is vaulted in uh, Swiss waltz with Brinks. Again, all ownership is with the fiduciary and the trust. Uh, Walt has no access to either the back-end gold or the money coming in. Uh, that gives legal uh, clarification to anybody buying into the Walt token as a customer. Uh, there's full legal claim. So, in fact, our legal opinions, we've got legal opinions in multiple jurisdictions, and uh, the legal opinions state that our token is akin to a PPN in Canada, which is a principal protection note, or a depository receipt in the United States. So basically, anybody who's holding the token can go up to the fiduciary and have a claim on the underlying gold, which is something that almost no other token out there, uh, just as an FII currently at least, uh, is willing to offer in the gold space. So it's, uh, like, it's like an IOU that also reduces legal expense, potential expenses. It, it gives the holder of the token a guarantee that even if Vault as a company were to disappear, they have access to the gold sitting in the gold vaults uh, through the licensed fiduciaries, uh, uh, through the licensed fiduciary or just directly with the gold vaults if the fiduciary also went under. So that's really interesting because I know that Vault is different from other gold-backed stablecoins in the fact that it's pegged to the US dollar instead of the price of gold. And so that's one question, why did you decide to make that? And then the second question from that is basically, can I get these grams of gold uh, shipped worldwide? And could I also get a lingot uh, shipped to my house or how did it work? And, but most importantly, why did you choose to, to peg to the US dollar? I'm really curious. Yeah, so pegging to the US dollars and backing with gold was rather straightforward as a decision to be made because there's we looked at the landscape when we started this project and noticed there were 20 plus at that point. Now I suspect there's more than 50 gold-backed tokens. It didn't make uh, viable sense to be yet another gold-backed token, even though we feel we've got an extreme advantage over any of those other gold-backed tokens simply because of our affiliation and partnerships with uh, the gold industry that uh, players that are the conglomerate of gold industry players that are backing us. Um, the pegging to the dollar was rather straightforward. Almost everybody, you, myself, others, measures their wealth not in ounces of gold. Very few people do actually measure their wealth in ounces of gold. Almost everybody measures their wealth in dollars, euro, yen, um, a fiat currency, especially the top five reserve currencies on the planet. And to us, it was an obvious thing. We wanted to be a replacement for Tether, which was a problematic uh, stablecoin is still a problematic stablecoin as recently as uh, um, uh, the Bloomberg article that came out about Noble Bank's insolvency just goes to show 
uh, how Tether's um, just riddled with problems as a stable coin. While it's the incumbent with $2.7 billion in market cap, uh, it's clearly not reliable enough for institutional investors, or at least that's our view. And we felt there's a need in the marketplace and there's a space in the marketplace for a stable coin that's uh, truly stable. Uh, and hence, back to the dollar made sense, dollar is 70% uh, of international trade by volume. Uh, and uh, stability in the form of um, dollars is one aspect of uh, being stable. Some people actually back by dollars to show stability. We felt backing by the ultimate source of stability through time, throughout time, which is gold, gold bullion specifically, was more appropriate and would be more attractive to investors that are averse to taking risks. They're already taking extreme risks by being in the crypto in, uh, marketplace. Why expose yourself to additional counterparty risks of being exposed to the small banks that many of these crypto projects are using to put their money in? Um, most of the, in fact, we haven't seen a single project that is leveraging a tier one bank to hold their fiat in. By tier one bank, I mean, take any of the systemically important banks in the United States or Europe, no HSBC, no JP Morgan, no Citigroup, no Bank of America. You won't find a single project that is using a tier one bank to hold their fiat. And part of the, re that is my concern with any of these projects massive amounts of counterparty risk, exposure to small regional banks, and most people don't realize this, but regional banks fail extremely often. Uh, FDIC publishes the bank failure reports on, um, uh, you can actually go on live, it's a live report, which is published as of uh, the last uh, recession 2009-10 period, uh, on the average 100 banks are failing every year, small regional banks. Uh, the report from Bloomberg about Noble Bank is a good example of uh, regional and or small banks uh, that have money in the volume of billions of dollars in this example, 2.7 billions of dollars, uh, that would potentially just be inaccessible to investors if they uh, filed for insolvency or if they actually did fail. Right. So uh, backing by gold became an obvious answer. Gold is... Uh, in our in our case specifically, gold is fully insured. So the gold sitting in the vaults in Switzerland is 100% insured. Uh, it is also totally agnostic to the bank uh, network. So we don't have the counterparty risk in our project uh, that most fiat-backed stablecoins are exposed to. Uh, that is our value proposition. So being pegged to the dollar was obvious because everybody and everybody measures the net worth and does trade in a fiat currency, specifically US dollars being the largest, though that's not our only stablecoin. That's our first stablecoin being launched. We're going to be launching euro-based and yen-based coins as well, um, or pegged coins, not based. Um, but then the backing by gold bullion was obvious because it's the most stable. Even reserve banks hold uh, gold bullion in reserve. It's effectively the sixth reserve currency on the planet. So that was the stability point. So can I get these grams of gold shipped uh, anywhere in the world? If you are a licensed, uh, if you go through the appropriate KYC and AML process, 
and you have a vaulting arrangement, we'd be happy to ship you your gold anywhere on the planet. So um, retail investors usually don't have vaulting arrangements, and it's not straightforward to ship LBMA gold, which is the type of gold bullion that we are using. It's the highest quality gold bullion you can actually get um, shipped to a retail investor using FedEx or UPS to a house. Uh, the fact that the second it leaves the um, the vault, it's... Uh, value is going to be questionable, right? When I say value is going to be questioned, it, it'll have to be recertified uh, to confirm that no alterations were made, etc. So usually what would happen for LBMA gold, just to maintain uh, proof of uh, transfer, proof of transit, and to prove that no uh, manipulations have been done to reduce the quality level, it would be transferred from vault to vault with certificates uh, implying the or certifying the transfer. So if you have a vaulting relationship, you will get your gold in the form of LBMA gold bars. Absolutely, gold bullion bars. Um, I'm curious to hear, what are your thoughts on uh, crypto collateral and uh, algorithmic stablecoins? Um, they're an interesting, uh, that is the panacea. Everybody wants to have an algorithmic decentralized stablecoin after all. Uh, the reason why uh, the Satoshi uh, Nakamoto paper and then Bitcoin was adopted so widely was right after the financial collapse. And people did not like the idea of centralized, too-big-to-fail banks or uh, structures. But ultimately, institutional money does need a centralization process so that they have rec legal recourse to their money. If Vault disappeared tomorrow and Vault was a decentralized coin. Let's take, uh, I don't want to name any of our competitors uh, for <laughs> obvious reasons, but uh, say one of our competitive um, decentralized stable coins went out of business, an institutional investor that might have brought in 10 or $100 million would have no legal recourse. They won't be able to go after any single named party to get that money back. Now imagine who's putting their money towards the institutional investors. It's people like me who've put it and put the money in either through 401ks or otherwise, right? So ultimately the individual is being harmed uh, without legal recourse. Now there's a group of people that certainly don't like centralization and we appreciate their view and that our token is centralized by design. Um, gold is in a vault, central vault. We are taking money through fiduciaries, centralization. Our whole proper uh, value proposition is centralization to enable legal recourse, right? So institutional investors would have legal recourse. I feel uh, decentralized projects that have been announced up to this point lack the short. There, there are two problems with decentralized projects. One, they have to have extensive algorithms to maintain the peg something that a redeemable token doesn't need. Uh, you don't need an algorithm if you're redeeming for the peg amount. In our case, we redeem for $1 regardless of uh, how you acquired it, where you acquired it, um, and we issue for $1. So we don't need to have an artificial quantitative easing, quantitative tightening mechanism built in to try and control the supply and demand of our token so that it maintains a peg you will always be able to redeem at vault for a dollar. That's one big failure of uh, decentralized tokens in our opinion, and then, or in my personal opinion. And then the second is the to uh, topic I just mentioned earlier, 
which is by the very nature that they're decentralized, if there was an issue, I have no legal recourse or almost no legal recourse as an investor in a decentralized token. That is uh, the two criticisms I have for decentralization. But it does solve a problem that some of the industry players do want to get solved. Centralization comes with additional costs, additional requirements to trust parties. So if you inherently don't want to trust a bank, um, you don't want to go towards that centralization solution. Uh, we feel uh, as of right now, decentralized solutions haven't uh, reached the level of maturity that would uh, be a true competitor to a centralized stablecoin. There's two sides to each token. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, today, there's you know there's there's over 150 stablecoins today, and around 50 of them are gold-backed. How do you mm -hmm. see this space moving forward and Vault also differentiating itself? Uh, of the 50 that are gold-backed, we have yet to come across a token, and uh, this was a claim that was very heavily researched by our team. We are pretty unique. We haven't found a single token that's backed by and redeemable for gold, but pegged to the dollar as of today. I'm not saying that's not going to happen, change tomorrow, right after you publish this interview, it might change. But it's very difficult to maintain a peg to the dollar and yet have a backing of gold. Uh, it, it takes a slightly more sophisticated um, uh, backing. We have a combination of gold and a gold hedge to back ourselves. That's how we are able to maintain a peg to the dollar. Most other stablecoins are just black and white, straight uh, passing the price of gold and or arbitrarily pegged to, say, in the example of one of our largest gold-backed tokens, they, they're pegged to one gram of gold, uh, not necessarily the price of gold. So gold could go up or down. It doesn't really matter. You're going to get one gram of gold. The token's totally not linked to the price of gold. We are absolutely pegged one is to one to the dollar uh, and you'll get zero exposure to the gold volatility. So if you're looking to buy uh, a token that gives you gold volatility, we are probably not the token that you're going to come to. But if you're looking for a token that's pegged to the dollar but has the reliability of being collateralized by gold, you'll come to us. And uh, that's um, off the 150 stable coins. I'd I'd posit that there are probably only 10 that are real competitors out there. Everybody else is in a soon-to-be-launched, announced, or yet-to-be-proven uh, algorithmically stable solution, which we don't believe are uh, real, con real concerns or competitors. If you're interested in learning more about this project, check out their website at vault.ch or follow them on Twitter at USD Vault. Thank you very much, Rajiv. Thank you very much, Leon. Great chatting with you.